Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, it's always an honor to have you join with us. And we have been in a journey together over the last seven weeks. We're doing something collectively as a church called the Rethink Life Experience. And what we're learning together is we're learning how to shift our perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with our lives. And we're really looking at how to apply this into eight key areas of our lives. And this is week seven. And so therefore today, I want to challenge you with this thought. What does it really mean to rethink generosity? You see, when you think about generosity, generosity actually builds on all the other things that we've been talking about in the previous weeks. And so if you've missed those weeks, make sure you go back and check them out. But here's what I want to challenge you with. What would it look like if you and if, 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 if I, if we were to collectively shift our perspective away from seeing generosity as something that we actually do to actually becoming someone that we are. You see, generosity is so much more. It's so much bigger than just something that we do. As a matter of fact, you can actually give generously but at the same time, not give enthusiastically. You know, I know for myself, there have been situations or occasions, uh, sometimes it might even be seasonal, where we do something in a generous way to be a blessing to maybe help someone else who's in need, but are we really giving out of a heart of generosity? Are we really giving enthusiastically? You see, here's what's so important. We have to understand that as believers in Jesus Christ, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you see, generosity is so much bigger. It's so much more than just something that we do because generosity is actually who we are. It's who God made us to be. In other words, if generosity is one of the characteristics and one of the virtues of who God is, if it's a reflection of his heart, which it is because the Bible says that God so loved, he gave. So if God is a generous giver and God gives out of an overflow of generosity because of his love and because of his grace that he's extended to us, well, how much more should we mimic that in our own lives? And so therefore, generosity is not just something that we do. It's actually who we are. It's a part of our own spiritual DNA. And so with that in mind, generosity, once again, is not just something that we do. It's how we live our everyday lives. God wants us to be people who live in a generous way because it's who we are. In other words, if, if we serve a generous God, which we do, and we have God living inside of us who is a generous God, then God's generosity, if it's in us, is going to flow out of us into the lives of other people. I love the example that the Apostle Paul gave to the people living in a place called Corinth. 
As a matter of fact, he actually used a group of people that were living in Macedonia as an example of the Macedonians' extravagant, over-the-top generosity. And what's interesting is that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, beloved ones, and again, he's speaking to the people, to the Christians there in Corinth. And he said, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. For even during a season, notice carefully, a season of severe difficulty and tremendous suffering, they became even more filled with joy. From the depths of their extreme poverty, superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. What an incredible testimony. You see, the Macedonians were living, the Bible says, in very difficult times. They had fallen on hard times, just like many people have fallen on hard times in this present moment. Many people, unfortunately, in our country have lost their job due to the economic challenges from the coronavirus and all the shutdowns and all of the hardships that have been placed upon so many people's lives. And yet at the same time, what Paul was trying to emphasize to the people there in Corinth is that the Macedonians did not let their hardships and their suffering and their setbacks and their circumstances hinder them from their generosity. As a matter of fact, these people had fallen into a place that would often be referred to in modern days as someone who is destitute. They were poor in every sense of the word, but at the same time, they understood how rich they truly were in the eyes of God because of all that God had done for them. So again, when they understood the importance of generosity, here's where the Macedonians stood. They said, we can't help but give because of what God has done for us. Because they understood the grace of God. The grace of God is what was being served as a source of motivation and inspiration for them to give everything they had and then some to the point of extreme generosity. But here's the output. The output was, even though they gave and gave extravagantly through their generosity, the Bible says they all also encountered super abundant joy that actually overflowed from their lives. You know why they could do that? Here's the reason why. Because they understood something that was very, very important that we all need to understand. And that is this. When we experience God's grace in our lives, it not only frees us from our sins, but it frees us from ourselves. The grace of God not only opens up our hearts, but it opens up our hands. And we have an attitude that says, because of what God has graciously done for me through the sacrifice and the unconditional expression of his love through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for our sins and who came back to life three days later because of what God has done for me and because of what Christ has done for me, then 
Why would I want to hold back because of my circumstances when God has already graciously given everything I could possibly need or want and then some, and so therefore I give out of the abundance of what God has graciously given to me. So in essence, what it does, it shifts my perspective. And what it does is it forces me to shift my perspective away from seeing generosity as something that I do, but rather it's who I am because of what God has done for me. I love what Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, but a generous man devises generous things and by generosity he shall stand. You know what's fascinating about that principle is this. Number one, we can't outgive God. But when we understand that we have been forgiven and we've been freed, we've been freed from our sins and freed from ourselves, and now we can live in the freedom we have in Christ, and we can start living out that abundance generosity in our lives, an expression that overflows into the lives of other people by simply how we live, guess what? Now we become intentional. Now we're thinking about and strategizing. We are devising plans on how we can bless someone, how we can be generous to someone, how we can step in and meet a need, how we can help give life and hope and help to people that will ultimately help transform their lives. Well, we had the opportunity to do something just like that as a church, to help give hope and to help give life and to really come alongside and really just to show the extravagant and the generous love of God to a very dear friend that is a, a critical piece of our church family and our ministry here at Rethink Life Church. Her name is Patricia, and Patricia just has a heart of gold. She has a heart of a servant. She loves to serve. She's probably one of the most generous people I've ever been around. We often refer to her in our church family as the Mother Teresa of Rethink Life Church because she's just always doing something to provide a meal, to meet a need, to come alongside and, and help serve someone, to put a smile on her face. And she's always the one who seems to have the most joy. And the reason why is because she seems to be the one who's always getting so abundantly and so generously to serve the needs of other people. Well, it was brought to our attention not too long ago that uh, Patricia, unfortunately, had fallen on some difficult times as it related to her car. You know, what's interesting about her story is that she is an immigrant. She moved here to the U.S. from Trinidad. And when she came to the States, uh, she didn't have anything. Um, all she had was basically a, a five-year-old child and, you know, what little clothes that she had on her back. And she ended up going to work. Long story short, she became a highly successful uh, executive, and, and God later gave her three children, and now today she has seven grandchildren. Wow. Well, here's the thing. Fast forward, and here she is now living in Orlando, and one of the things that she did is she started a ministry out of the, really out of the goodness of her heart to provide food and to provide meals to people just so that she could be a blessing, 
because that's how she grew up. She grew up on a poultry farm, and she grew up seeing and understanding the importance of basically putting food on the table and how food could actually be the thing that could open up the heart of someone else. As a result, when we learned that she had fallen on hard times because she was not able to take meals to people because of her car situation, we decided, we decided to do something as a church family because of your faithful generosity, because of your abundant giving, because of the way God has blessed you. You, in return, have blessed Rethink Life so that Rethink Life, in return, can be a blessing to someone like Patricia. And I want you to check out this video. Hey, everybody. I am having the great joy of being able to bless someone who is very special because she's an incredible blessing to so many people. And we're going to bless her today. She doesn't know this, but she's about to. We're going to bless her with this van. It is a van that has been given to a very special lady by the name of Patricia Garcia. She's an amazing lady who has a heart of a servant, but she's fallen on some difficult times. She's without transportation. And what she does to be a blessing to so many people is 100% dependent upon her transportation. So because of your generosity, we're about to deliver this car to Miss Patricia. Miss Patricia! How are you? I'm good. I'm like, who's knocking on the door? We're just popping in to come see how you were doing. I'm doing good. Awesome. What are you guys up to? I don't know. We'll come out here for what just a moment. Y'all come out here for just a moment because, Miss Patricia, you know how much we love you and how much you are loved by a lot of people and all the people you bless. And we know you haven't been able to bless a lot of people here of late because you haven't had transportation. So what we want to do <laughs> is we want to give you a new car so you can have all the transportation you need to keep being a blessing that you are. So here is the keys to your oh new God. car, Miss Patricia. Thanks to the generosity of Rethink Life Church. So come on, let's go check out your new car. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's come see it. Come on. We got it all oh detailed, cleaned up. Look at that. Look at you. Man, oh you're going gonna to be feeling like you're 16 again. This is amazing. I can't. I don't even have any words. Get in. I, I don't Get have in. any words. Well, Rethink Life Church, thank you so much for your faithful generosity. And because of that, we're able to bless you, Patricia. So we're just so thankful that we can be able to do this. Uh, just honestly, it's just a gesture of our love because you've been able to show so much love to so many people. So we're just grateful for you and all that you do. And we want to continue to help you be a blessing to all the people you bless. I just want to thank God and to thank Rethink, my Rethink Life family. You guys are always so awesome to me. And I love being a part of this, and this I never expected, and I just have to thank God for His grace and mercy through you guys. Absolutely. Well, it's Kiana approved, so we're good.
Wasn't that incredible, Rethink Life Church? I just want to say how grateful I am once again for the faithful generosity from those of you who have given and you have sown into not only the house of God, but allowing the house of God to be used by God to make an incredible difference in someone's life, just like Patricia. So once again, thank you, Rethink Life Church, for your generosity, which, by the way, is something we wouldn't be known for as a church because it's one of our core values. One of our core values is known by this statement, generosity is our way. And that's our heart. We wanna lead the way with generosity. Why? Because generosity is not just something we do, it's who we are. So let me give you four ways that you can rethink generosity because generosity doesn't always okay, have to be associated with monetary things, okay? So here are four things that I think will help us rethink when it comes to the generosity factor in our lives. Number one is this, and that is to be generous with our words. I think this is so important, especially now more than ever in light of everything that's going on in our country. And here's the reason why. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says it this way. An encouraging word cheers a person up. I don't know of a human being on planet Earth that does not appreciate somebody speaking words of encouragement and speaking words of affirmation and speaking words of life into them. I know I enjoy that. I know I need that. I know I appreciate that when someone gives me an encouraging word. But I think now more than ever, as I stated, people today are filled with so much anxiety and fear because of the uncertainty and the unknowns of all the situations and circumstances that we're facing as a nation. But let me tell you something. Even though many people are feeling down and defeated and discouraged, I believe that God has called us as a body of believers, ready for this, to be hope dealers, not dope dealers. I said hope dealers. You know why? Because we need to be wheeling and dealing hope everywhere we go. Why? Because people need to be encouraged with hope. They need to know that God loves them and that God is going to take care of them and God is going to protect them and God is going to provide for them. Listen, we need to encourage one another. I love uh, the story of my uh, youngest uh, child, our son, Luke, when he was um, 10 years of age, we took him to Disney World. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you have a child and when they go to Disney World on the day of their actual birthday, they get in for free. So we actually took our son to Disney World on his 10th birthday, and uh, we had some friends that were able to get us into the park. And, and I'll never forget, the very first thing that we did when we told them that it was Luke's 10th birthday, they got so excited. And so we filled out a little like birth certificate that kind of validated his birthday, and they gave him a birthday button. And you know why they did that? Is because they wanted to recognize him, and they wanted to put the spotlight on him. So everywhere we went throughout the park, all the cast members, when they saw his little birthday button, they would call him by name. They would say, well, happy birthday, Luke. And man, they would get to clapping and they would do something fun. They'd give him more buttons. And, and it went, I mean, from place to place to place. They celebrated Luke everywhere we went. You know why they did that? Let me tell you why they did that. Because they were placing value on him. 
They were showing the fact that he mattered and they wanted him to feel celebrated. They wanted him to feel special. They wanted him to feel like he was appreciated. And that's the way we ought to live our lives with that kind of, that kind of eye that's always looking for opportunities to speak life and to speak words of encouragement, to build other people up. Why? Because if they matter to God, which they do, they ought to matter to us. If God places value on them, then we ought to place value on them by the things that we say and the words that come out of our mouth. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says it this way. Paul said, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Again, we need to be generous. We need to be extravagantly generous with the words that come out of our mouths so that we can give hope and we can give life and we can speak words of affirmation to those around it because we all know we need encouragement now more than ever. The second way that we can be extravagant in our generosity is not only through our words, but also through our time. Did you know that every human being, okay, I don't care how busy you are, every human being on planet Earth gets the same amount of time. We all get 10,080 minutes every week. Now, the big question is, is how are we using our time? In other words, are we spending our time on ourselves or do we spend extravagant, generous amounts of time in serving others and serving towards eternal things? Now, I know that oftentimes we may have good intentions when it comes to giving of our time, but here's what I've come to realize. That if you need encouragement, the best way to receive encouragement is to sow encouragement to someone else. If you need more time in your schedule, because people are always talking about how busy they are, man, there's just not enough time. You know, I'm so busy. Well, listen, if you need more time, let me give you a way to get more time. Sow more of your time by giving of your time to other people, by serving them, by meeting other people's needs. Let me tell you something. If you need love in your life, then sow love into someone else. If you need forgiveness, well, sow forgiveness in someone else's life. Listen, if you need, listen, if you need to, 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 to have your needs met, then figure out ways on how you can sow into someone else's life or to give in such a way so that your needs can be met in return. Why am I saying that? Let me tell you why I'm saying that. It's because it's called the law of sowing and reaping. And in Galatians chapter six, verse seven, it says, a man reaps what he, what? He sows. And so we have to know that, listen, when we sow our time into eternal things, when we give generously, one of life's most precious commodities, which is time, listen, we are actually investing in something that's going to give us an even greater return. Turn. And so there is a principle that we need to live our lives with, and that is to sow generously and to give our time to meet the needs of other people around us and to serve those around us. Number three is this. Not only do we need to be generous with our words and with our time, but we also need to be generous with our money. Now, I know sometimes people automatically rush to that aspect of generosity, but it's true just like we emphasize 
in the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's interesting that the apostle Paul is the one who actually remembered in the book of Acts a forgotten beatitude where that actual verse comes from. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because he knew that if you wanted to live the blessed life, then you needed to understand how to live and how to give generously with what God has graciously given to you. You know, once again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, going back to the lesson that Paul was trying to teach the people, the Christians there in Corinth, he was using, once again, the testimony and the example of the Macedonians. Even though they were poor, even they were going through difficult times and facing hardships and trials in their life, he said these words in verse 9 in 2 Corinthians 8. He said, for you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty, we could become rich beyond measure. You know what the Macedonians believed? They just believed that it was impossible to outgive God because God had so extravagantly and generously given to each of us through the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. You see, they understood just how rich they were when it came to the grace of God. And because of the grace of God who not only saved them and who changed them, but because of the grace of God was in them, it flowed out of them with extravagant generosity. So with that, there is just unspeakable joy and there is uncontainable um, blessings that come into our lives when we give generously. Going back to our dear friend, Patricia, that we mentioned a few moments ago and that we were able to bless with a new vehicle. One of the reasons why that was so important to her and one of the reasons why, honestly, it was so important to us was because we knew that because of what she has done to be a blessing and to give to so many other people. And here's the thing, she has a little um, uh, ministry that was really kind of birthed out of uh, her heart, out of the, the story of, of the, the feeding of the 5,000, where you know they, they took the, the, the five loaves of bread and the two fish, and, and God took what little they had, and God blessed it and multiplied it to help feed multitudes of people. Well, she just has that same heart of generosity because she understands that, listen, what we give back to God, God uses it, multiplies it, and he just blesses it in such a way to where we just can't outgive God. And it's true. Listen, we cannot outgive God. Here's what Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, for the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I don't know about you, but I want my world, I want my life, I want my heart to become bigger and bigger because of living a life of extravagant generosity. Again, it's not something we do, it's who we are. And if the grace of God is in us, then we should allow it to flow through us into the lives of other people. And then the fourth thing that I want to share as we wrap up our time together, and that is this. When it comes to rethinking generosity, 
We can rethink generosity through our words and through our time. We can rethink generosity through our money where we are sowing and investing and giving towards the eternal things rather than to holding on to the temporal things of life. But we ought to be extremely extravagant and generous with our testimony. You know, we're living in a day and age where people are looking for answers. They're looking for direction. They're looking for hope. A lot of people are living in a state of confusion. They don't know, honestly, what's right and what's wrong anymore. And many people, unfortunately, have experienced a lot of hurt, disappointment, and pain in their life because maybe they've made some wrong decisions. And they've had to learn the hard way that, you know what, maybe this relationship isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or, or maybe these monetary things that I've worked so hard to obtain doesn't really fill the void in my life like I thought they would. Or, you know, or, or, or maybe trying this, you know, form of, you know, of, of lifestyle that, that I thought would make me happy or fulfilled through companionships and acceptance in the eyes of other people. I thought that was going to be the answer. But here's what I've learned. There's only one answer and there's only one hope. His name is Jesus. And the greatest single thing we can do is to share that hope with people that God opens the door for us to give an answer to the questions that many people are asking. First Peter chapter three, verses 15 and 16 says it this way. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith and then notice, with gentleness and respect. Had the opportunity a number of years ago to lead a, a, a very dear friend of mine, who was a medical doctor, to Christ. And had the opportunity to, to lead him to faith in, in Christ. And he began to grow and develop in his relationship with the Lord. And, and one day he called me and he said, Hey, can we go grab some coffee? I'm just, I'm, I'm really confused and I need your help. And so we went to a coffee shop and we sat down and I said, well, tell me what's on your heart. And he said, man, let me tell you something. He said, I'm getting ready. He said, the, you know, the holidays are approaching. He said, I'm going to be around a lot of my family members who are not Christians. And he said, they all know me from things in the past. They all know me from a life that I used to live before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And he said, but I'm brokenhearted because I know they need Jesus in their life. And he said, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to even explain to them what God has done through me. And I shared with him that verse. And I said, look, I said, what you have is hope. And what you need to do is simply just share with them generously without holding back, without feeling like you're going to offend them or hurt their feelings or turn them away or turn them off. I said, you just share your story of how Jesus has changed your life and how he has filled that void in your life and how he has given you new hope and new life and new beginnings and second chances and a bright future that, that you know that God has given you because of your own faith in Jesus Christ. And he walked out that day with renewed confidence, with a spring in his step, with, with a sense of urgency in his heart because he knew that he was holding back something that he needed to generously share with someone else. And I told him that day because he was a medical doctor. And I said, look, you know, if you had the cure for cancer, you wouldn't keep it to yourself, would you? He said, absolutely not. 
I said, what would you do with it? He said, I would tell the whole world. And I said, that's exactly what we need to do. I said, we need to be generous with the greatest news in all the world. And that is the news that Jesus died, that he was buried, and he came back to life. And because of that, listen, God's grace that lives in us, that's changed us, can now flow through us so we can give that hope and we can give that answer and we can give what it is this world desperately needs. And that is the hope that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So once again, as a believer in Jesus, generosity is not just what you do. It is who you are. God has put it inside of you. It's your spiritual DNA. And because it's in you, let's allow it to flow through us into the lives of others. That is our prayer. And that's my prayer for you, that we will be known as extravagant givers in the way that we generously give to those around us. Would you join me in prayer today? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I just want to say that, you know, as you're watching this, wherever you might be, you know, you could be alone and maybe in this moment, maybe you're feeling alone, isolated. Maybe you've been processing a lot of the challenges and hardships that you've been facing in your life. And maybe you're a follower of Jesus. You maybe already have a relationship with Christ, but yet you have maybe been putting the focus on yourself and you have diverted your focus away from who God truly is. I just want you to know that God is right where he's always been. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. And maybe today it's time for you to simply just embrace his presence. The Bible says that if we come near to God, he will come near to us. And so as a believer in Christ of today, if you didn't re maybe recommit, renew your your relationship with God today. Maybe that, that is what you need to do right here, right now. You could be watching this today and you're thinking to yourself, well, man, I don't even know that I'm a Christian. I've been to church, I've tried religion, but you know, it just hasn't worked out for me. Well, I just want you to understand that you know what? Religion is not something we do because you see, it's all man-made. You see, salvation is something that's already been done through what Jesus did on the cross for us. You see, today, the greatest single thing you could do is receive God's extravagant love and the generosity that he's given to you through his son, Jesus. If that's your need today, would you pray this prayer? You could say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again for me. And Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life today. Now, if our, listen, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want you, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to look at me right now because I just want to say you just made life's greatest decision because you just chose where you're going to spend eternity, and that is a home called heaven. Father, I thank you for these that made life's greatest decision today. We celebrate with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, team. Let's give those that are watching and those that just prayed that prayer.
a round of applause. Well, listen, we celebrate you. I want to encourage you to uh, simply text that, that number there on your screen. I decided, Te- text those words, I decided. And uh, we want to get you some information. You can use your little digital worship guide and click on that button there called I decided. And we'll get some info to you that will help you get started in your new relationship with God. We can't wait to see you back next week. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.